0: If you enjoy our content, please consider supporting us.
1: Click the support link on our main page to become a patron. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of More Shenanigans with James and Donna Moore. I'm James Moore.
0: And I'm Donna Moore.
1: And today we're going to discuss a number of incidences, another a number of occurrences that reflect on how things are in this country, if you, you know, of a certain race or creed or...
0: If, if you were born with brown skin.
1: If you were born with brown skin. I was going to try and stay away from that, but there's no getting around it.
0: I mean, that's the fact of it.
1: Okay. So why don't you kick us off with discussion topic number one?
0: Um. Okay, so we all heard about the 4th of July mass shooting that happened in Illinois. Um, The young man fled the scene and he drove across state lines into another state, had planned on doing another mass shooting at a 4th of July celebration wherever he could find one over there, and he was pulled over for a traffic stop. The police officers didn't know who he was or what the car was or whatever, they just pulled him over for some other traffic violation. And he ran from the police because he knew he was going to... If they found out who he was, he was going to be arrested. They finally caught him. They took him into custody without incident. And now he's in jail where he should be. Charged with, right now, seven counts of murder. And they're going to do several other counts of attempted murder and whatever else. Apparently, they can't do anything as far as terrorism charges because the definition of terrorism... Doesn't equate in this situation for some reason, but bottom line is he's a domestic terrorist. They all are. All of the mass shooters are domestic terrorists because people are now terrified to go to events. They're now terrified to go to school. They're now terrified to go to their church. Now they're terrified to go to the grocery store. They're mm-hmm. just terrified to do anything. We're all, I won't say that I'm terrified, but when I go out, f- first of all, I'm not going any place where there's a crowd of any kind. More than 20, 30 people. I'm, I'm just not.
1: But you're talking about like concerts and stuff like I, that.
0: I'm not doing it. Movie there's no theaters. way. I haven't gone to the oceanfront once this year and I won't. too many people
1: because there's more than 30 people at walmart when you go shopping
0: right well and it scares me there too to be honest with you it really does as a matter of fact there was somebody this wasn't a mass shooting but it happened just yesterday or the day before some 18 year old kid got into an argument with some guy at the meat counter in walmart and killed him Mm. so i mean it really doesn't matter where you go you know but you just got to keep your head on a swivel and be ready to you know hide or run or whatever you can do i mean that's just the bottom line but i digress So he was taken into custody without incident. Not a problem. Um, There was a young man. Jalen Walker was pulled over for a broken taillight in Akron, Ohio. He's a young man. He's 25 years old, black guy. And he got scared for whatever reason. Now, Jalen Walker has never been in trouble with the law. He's never been arrested for anything. He's never gotten any kind of trouble with the law. I'm not saying that he didn't have a reason to be scared as far as maybe he had something in the car that he shouldn't have in the car, you know, marijuana, whatever. That's beside the point. He got scared and he ran. His He took off in the car and drove away. They, they followed him in a police chase. He got out of the vehicle and started running and they unloaded 90 rounds, 90 rounds at this young man. That's how many rounds the mass shooter unloaded into the crowd was 90 rounds. They unloaded 90 rounds on one person and 60 of those rounds contacted this man's body and he's now dead. Now, they say that they shot it, that he shot at them outside of his driver's side window while he was on the speed chase. But it's come to find out that that's not true. That didn't happen. But they did find a gun in his car. Mm-hmm. There's no indication. There's been nothing said about whether the gun was legal or illegal. But it was in the car. Either way, it is a reason for a black man in America to be terrified being pulled over by the police. Because that's exactly what happened to Philando Castile in Minnesota. He had a legal weapon in his car. Mm-hmm. Told the police... That he had a legal weapon in his car and they shot him in his car Mm -hmm. in front of his child and his girlfriend. Hold on.
1: Well, what I'm getting so far from this is if you get pulled over, if you run, you get shot. If you stay in the car and obey instructions, you get shot. Right. Right. As soon as you get pulled over, you just shot. Wait, that's if you're black. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Since I'm black, I just I made that assumption. Yeah. You know, that's that's my situation.
0: Right. Um. But if you're white, you can kill. Uh. How many people were killed in the Uvalde shooting? Nineteen.
1: Something like that. And you get an escort.
0: You get an escort to to jail where we feed you and clothe you and keep you warm for however many days.
1: Years. The trial.
0: Years. Years Mm -hmm. we do this. In Kentucky, there's a man who barricaded himself into a home with his wife and child or children, shot and killed three police officers and wounded a couple others. Killed them. Two humans and a canine officer. Shot and killed them and wounded others. And they took him alive.
1: And when was this?
0: This was in just like, uh, this was last like month. no, in July, like right at the beginning of the month, oh, okay. either at the end of June or the beginning of July, just like right around that same time that the mm-hmm. shooting in, in yeah. Now, this particular town where he was in Kentucky, they have a really small police force. So they brought in sheriffs from the counties, the surrounding counties to help right. because they couldn't handle it themselves. And he killed three police officers and two were put in the hospital with bullet wounds from this guy. And they took him alive. Fine. Now they beat the snot out of him, his face was pretty beat up or whatever, but he's still alive right. and guess what? He's white. So I don't know what it is about black people that police officers fear so much that a broken taillight is a death sentence or a, you know, selling uh, single cigarettes outside of a store is a death sentence. That happened in New York years ago. I mean, playing with a gun in the park as a child is a death sentence. I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but white mass shooters get taken into custody without problem and police... Police are afraid to even encounter them and engage them, like happened in Uvalde, because our police officers might get shot. But I, it's 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 terrifying and it's disgusting all at the same time.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, there was no shortage of examples to choose from for either one of the scenarios. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. black, black person shot during by police by police during attempted arrest or whatever, for whatever reason, white person escorted under all kinds of circumstances. Right. So that's the reason why. And I suspect it's a tradition. I can't say for sure. I haven't taken a poll, but I know for, you know, at least two generations when my father talked to me and I talked to my son, there's an age. If you're raising a young black man.
0: And let me stop you right there. And anybody that listens to our podcast who is white, who is raising a biracial child or a brown skin child, if you have adopted someone or are raising a biracial child, you need to have this talk with your child.
1: Yes. And I mean, basically, if you're, if you're raising a child and it, and a male child that doesn't look like Carlin Yost, then you just need to sit down, and have this talk if they're darker than that. Um, there's a certain behavior, a certain, uh, set of rules. And let me tell you, these rules don't guarantee that you're going to be treated, nope. you know, correctly. It just minimizes the chance that you're gonna get shot and killed or abused. It Just minimizes the chance of it. You, you if you get pulled over by the police, cooperative and pleasant. That's that's got to be your attitude.
0: And keep your hands visible at all times. Keep your
1: hands visible at all times. Look the officer in the in the eye. Don't not as a challenge, but with a, a smile on your face, friendly. You're not. Your eyes aren't shifting to any place. You know you're you're paying attention to that officer. And I'm talking. White black male female indifferent whatever okay everything is yes sir no sir or yes sir yes officer no officer <laughs> and you give that officer every every bit of cooperation you can and give them information even if they don't ask for it okay i do have this can of mason in my glove compartment i do have this weapon in my glove compartment i have this in the car that in the car you know, my buddy that's right in the back seat. You know, carries Joe. You know, step slowly, step out of the car, and do whatever the officer says, and that minimizes the chances of you ending up in the news instead of just having a you know a tense situation.
0: And sadly, it doesn't minimize it a whole lot. Unfortunately.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know the numbers or statistics, but I can say this for for my sake. Yes. Fortunately, I have been blessed in my life that even though I have been pulled over, questioned, stopped by the police a handful of times in my life since in my adult life, I haven't had a situation where I was, you know, dragged out of the car, handcuffed, arrested, <clears throat> shot at, or anything like that. And I'm not going to say it's a, a rarity. You know, that I'm sure that that happens a lot, but the incidences where young black men or black women are being abused or shot you know just for simply being in the car or trying to to get away being scared being trying to get away from a situation. It's happening way too often than it should. Even if it was only 10% of the time, that's way too much. Way too much. That's way too much. And I think it. there's there's two factors in this. There's an element out there that they simply want to get rid of us. Yes. They want to eliminate black people and not have to deal with them. Uh-huh. Okay? And then there's another element of we have peace officers out there across this country and, you know, think about it. We don't have a national police, okay? Each jurisdiction handles its own training, hiring of its own officers, different procedures, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So every city in the United States, every county in the United States of which there are hundreds of thousands right. okay with police forces and different levels of training all over the map yeah and i would say that a vast majority of them are substandard yes for situations like this they don't I know agree. how to handle themselves they they'll panic they panic they don't yeah. know a taser from a gun
0: <laughs> which literally happened
1: which happens and this
0: was a veteran police officer that did that
1: yeah and it doesn't matter how long you've been doing the job if you've been doing it wrong for 20 years or so you're gonna when the screw-up happens somebody somebody is of dead.
0: It's dead. Yeah.
1: So that's what we're living in now. We live in a situation where we have a a dangerous, massive force out there with the weapons that shouldn't have them. They shouldn't be on the force.
0: Yeah. And now, in a lot of places, they've militarized those police departments. They have military military weapons. They have military um, armored vehicles. They have you know all of that. And. When people say defund the police, they don't mean get rid of the police departments. Listen, there is a faction of those people that do want to get rid of the police department and say defund the police, get rid of them altogether. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. That's irresponsible. And it's just never going to happen. And it should never happen. However, as far as defunding the police to the extent of why do they need to be militarized? There's no reason why any police department in the United States of America needs to be militarized. We have a National Guard for that reason.
1: I think we need to... Define we need to define the term militarized.
0: What I mean is there are departments in this country, and I don't know which ones they are, but I'm sure that it is available online like everything else. There are departments in this country that have military style weapons, AK forty sevens, that kind of thing, as part of their arsenal. They have armored vehicles to be able to, you know, deal with certain situations. Oh, and is that is that is that necessary?
1: Yes, that is necessary in certain areas in certain situations. Now I'll give give you my definition of militarized okay militarized doesn't have anything to do with a weapon Okay. Okay. because your arsenal should be amped to the threat that you have to face as far as keeping the peace, serving and protecting. In some areas of this country, unfortunately, you have to ramp up your game up to the level of AK-47 because of what you're dealing with out there as an officer. This this whole podcast is not anti-police. It's not anti-police thing. But there's unfortunately a lot of situations that you just described, police departments out of. Ego or hubris have toys that they don't need. Some police departments need that. Okay. Some of them, Los Angeles, New York, any police departments that are along the uh, traffic line, the borderlines of uh, organized crime and drug, mm-hmm. you know, trafficking and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. If you're a hotspot for that. Okay. You need to be at a certain level because they're playing. If you go out there with your snub nose 38 and they're playing their game with with Mac tens, you're going to lose. You're just going to lose. So, you need to be prepared for that. But, militarized is a mindset, okay? Mm-hmm. The military goes in, takes care of business, and, and eliminates threats, conquers. <clears throat> peace officers are supposed to be serving and protecting those are two totally different goals mm-hmm. as far as an organization and unfortunately a lot of police departments or facets within police departments because let's take a look at it the, right. the police department in Los Angeles is huge it's like a city by itself yeah, it's absolutely. so many officers yeah. and there's more than one of them with a mindset of I'm going to war today mm-hmm. every time they go out there they're going to war mm-hmm. and they're if they they have certain military goals and they're going to accomplish those goals and they ain't taking me out and I'm going to take okay. them out first, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure that there's a number of them that have the the correct mindset and goal of I got to make sure that there's peace and quiet. Basically, that's your role as a peace officer. That's why you call it that. Right. You're to enforce laws, you know, make sure that they, but you're supposed to maintain the peace. Right. Okay, And those two mindsets, you know, conflict with each other.
0: Right. They do. And the other thing that the police departments are not trained to do either is to be able to handle certain mental health crisis issues. If you have a person that an adult person that's autistic that has an autistic meltdown or somebody that is mentally ill with schizophrenia or whatever kind of mental illness it might be, or if it's an illicit drug induced type of psychosis of some sort. They are not equipped training-wise to be able to deal with those. And part of the defund the police thing is to put crisis intervention teams in every police department. And a crisis intervention team is a person who is a person or persons who are trained in both the Police aspect as well as the mental health aspect of things and be able to de escalate things. Sort of like a person who I know people have seen on television, and it doesn't really work this way in real life, but like in television, in a movie or something, you'll see somebody that's like barricaded themselves in a bank or somewhere like that. And there's that one, ne- that negotiator that comes to talk mm-hmm. and have that conversation and, you know, kind of do the the give and take a little bit for what they want and what they want to, you know, and that kind of thing. It's similar to to that but it's not like that you know I mean but it's similar to that so that if they run into the police run into a situation where somebody has a weapon in their hand let's say they have a knife or something in their hand and they're flailing around and they're freaking out and they're saying they're going to do this or that or whatever they can somehow or maybe they don't have a weapon in their hand but they can get in there and they can you know have a conversation. They can use a combination of police skills as well as, you know, whether it be counseling skills or negotiating skills or what have you to to de-escalate the situation. The problem is, is the police in these bad situations, nine times out of ten, escalate the situation rather than de-escalating the situation. Rather than trying to make peace, they're trying to make chaos.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately. And that's
0: because of lack of training, right, like you were yeah. talking about.
1: Unfortunately, the, um, the vast majority of institutions out there, the officers don't even have the most basic skills of counseling. Right. Of how to deal with someone who's emotionally unbalanced or mentally unbalanced, whether it's permanent or temporary. Right. And make an assessment of the situation. I, I know that in some special cases, you would have to bring in the expert. I'll say, okay, this guy has a degree in talking to un- unbalanced people. Right. Let's bring him or her in to deal with this situation, but there needs to be a baseline, right. you know, level of the competence yeah. to be able to, you know, how do you talk to somebody without threatening them, without be challenging them, right. without forcing their hand, right. you know, because right. again, as a peace officer, you want peace and quiet.
0: Right. And, there are and like you said again i, w- I want to interject and say that this is not all police are bad mm-hmm. police forces suck they don't know what they're doing whatever whatever because i've seen numerous 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 reports and videos and things like this where there there was an unstable person um had mental health issues and the police officer went in and he literally sat down on the curb of where this guy was and they he let him get it out and scream it out and figure it out and they talked it out and the guy ended up leaning into him and crying and just... And then everything was okay. Mm -hmm. I've seen situations where, you know, these quote-unquote caring people called the police on these children that were playing basketball in the street. Okay, little black kids they were playing basketball in the street. The police officers came and they were like, whatever, let's play basketball with you. And they played basketball for an hour with them. You know, so, you know, there's there's a way to do it, but right. you can't. But it, but that goes back to what you said about you can't go into the situation with the military mindset.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Every situation is different and you have to look at it from a case by case basis.
1: And I, I can't tell you how many videos I've seen of and we're talking about all different colors, though. The ones that stand out in my mind is the, the white police officer pulls somebody over and the person that gets pulled. I mean, they absolutely flip out on this officer and they're throwing they're spitting on them. They're th- Throwing and stuff whatever officer doesn't even think about going for his baton you know he's just like he's everything sir sorry sir give you this ticket blah 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 now these are people that either through training or experience you know somebody trained them right so that they can have a de-escalation of the situation right. and people don't have to you know go to jail or get shot or hurt and speaking of mental stability or emotional stability i think that the other side of the coin is um an issue that needs to be addressed too because you know who is it that's who is it that being uh, Become come in, uh, sheriff's deputies and police officers in this country. Yeah. You know, what's the criteria now in Virginia Beach? I looked it up. It's a it's a 16 month program, criminal justice program that you go through. They cover a number of things. When you're done, you have a degree when you an finished, associate's
0: degree. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. An associate's degree. And I'm not going to say anything about the quality of that training. I haven't gone through the training. Right. But it looks like there's a structure. It looks like there's some kind of education program, physical and mental, and an evaluation done to see, okay, we're putting the right people in uniforms and and giving them guns. And that is in contrast to other areas where I don't know. The criteria could be, this is Bubba's cousin, and we give him a uniform.
0: Right. I mean, well, now you're saying that there's... because I think part of the issue is that, you know, mental health is obviously an issue in this country,
1: mm-hmm.
0: an unaddressed issue in this country. So you're saying that they go through a mental health evaluation?
1: I'm saying that. I have no idea if oh, they do or not. okay.
0: You were saying you didn't. Okay.
1: Okay. So.
0: Because I think that needs to be an absolute criteria for every police department in America. Yeah, Because it does. how in the world?
1: And it... And it it isn't, you know, not. And, and, and not all of them. So is the answer. And this is a question that I don't know the answer to. I'm just asking you your opinion. OK, does there need to be national established standards for being a police officer or a sheriff's deputy established and maintaining control?
0: You know, that's a that's a good question because, you know, when when you do stuff like that, there's just like when you give things back over to the states, mm-hmm. it's a slippery slope. Yeah. But when you put stuff in the government's hands, it becomes a slippery slope the other way. Because then are we gonna have a national police force? We don't really want a national police force. Mm-hmm. But do we need to have some sort of like national standard like you're saying? Right. You know, so there's a there's a fine line there. I mean, in theory, yes. Absolutely in theory, but how is how you know how does that become a slippery slope?
1: Well, the way it becomes a slippery slope is just the way you describe. You know, you're starting to dictate a national police force instead of you know letting everybody the, handle their jurisdiction.
0: Right, but the, but yet the jurisdictions are paying for it. Well, if you're going to tell me what to do as a national from a national level, then you need to pay me from a national level.
1: Right, and I'm sure as far as money they can they can manage that. You know, they can figure that out. What I think should be thought of or approached is the government, the, the federal government not forcing but offering the correct kind of training, a training program for peace officers. And if the you know, if somebody wants to send their people to that or if they want to do a trainer trainer type deal and send a representative, okay, you're going to learn, you're going to train to learn and take this back and have to establish. But it has to be set up in a certain way. I would like to see it run by veteran peace officers from around the country that. That have
0: been vetted.
1: That have been vetted. They have been evaluated emotionally and, and mentally mentally. And we have all skin types. And, okay.
0: And religions we and got, sexes We got some we got some
1: white. We got some white people. We got some brown people. We got some black people. We got some we got we got Asian, Asian people. people. If We've
0: got We've got you know Middle Eastern people. We've got all kinds of people. Right, we
1: got all kinds of people, and we have sexes. Mm-hmm. We have all the, the sexes, and we need to have a special designation of people, indigenous people, the the tribe, tribal, the
0: tribal police, have the their tribal own, police. They have their own police force.
1: They they have their own police force. A representative from them that they decide, you know, or maybe two go to this program... Well, from the tribes.
0: There needs to be a representative from from, each tribe. From each
1: tribe. You know, two from each tribe. Yeah. To be a part of this so that people will know... A male
0: and a female from each tribe. Yeah.
1: Know the jurisdictions, how to talk to each other, because one thing that is not uh, done in police forces is talking to each other. I'm talking about across a thin county line. Yes. One doesn't know what the other person's doing.
0: And that's why these mass shootings are allowed to happen. One of the reasons why Mm -hmm. these things are allowed to happen, because is happening in these cities, in these towns, but the other, but the county doesn't know about it, the, you know, what have you. And all this stuff is, they've gotten into trouble for this, or this is online, or this is blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows about it. They can go buy a gun, they can go do all this stuff, mm-hmm. and nobody knows about it. Right. Well, now, here's a, here's a prime example of what I was, as far as like, people knowing whatever whatever. So, in the state of New York now, if you want to get a gun, you have to hand over all your social media accounts mm. so they can see what's being talked about. What do you think of that?
1: Right to privacy?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's it is a again, a slippery slope, but I mean, this guy from July 4th online, he talked about it for weeks, for weeks he talked about it. Mm.
1: But I can see... Weeks and
0: months talking about it. I can
1: see members of the NRA having kittens live on TV over this.
0: Oh, I can see... But I can see just regular people that don't even care about guns that want gun reform saying, oh, wait a minute.
1: Yeah, this is crossing the line.
0: But is it? You know what I'm saying? Like First
1: first gut reaction is yes. I got a problem with this. (laughs) Yeah. Got a big problem with this. Right. And I'm not a gun owner. I'm not into guns myself. But
0: here's the thing. How private... Is your social media account, if you don't have it marked private?
1: That's an excellent point because because
0: it's not private.
1: Are you all you doing is telling them which one? Right. You belong how to, to get that they could find anyway. It's not like they're right. You know, so basically
0: you're just friending somebody.
1: <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's all you're doing. We need to be your friend on Facebook if you want this rifle.
0: Right. I mean, so I don't. You know, like
1: yeah. That now you're you're making it. It's not black and white. You need to make it black and white for me. Okay but yeah, yeah that's that's a touchy thing so but here's the thing and here's the, and that's
0: the other thing about the whole privacy thing privacy is different now than it was when the constitution was written it's just different
1: yeah
0: it's different than it was 10 years ago it's different than it was 20 years ago it's different than it was 5 years ago do you know what i mean so and i'm not saying that the constitution needs to be rewritten but parts of it need to be rewritten.
1: <laughs> well, that's what, they, that's that's what, what we have amendments are for. for. I understand that. Okay, so here's here's the thing, okay? And, and I'm, I think we approaching the end. We're having so much fun, you probably don't even know that we're at the half-hour <laughs> I have no mark. idea. Yeah. But um, we have been talking about today uh, police in this country. Training, uh, situations, uh, mental stability, that sort of thing. And this is what I truly believe and I think maybe I can be speaking for you on this too. Okay. As we bring these issues up, these things that We say as problems with the police forces. I imagine that a huge, huge percentage of the police officers, sheriffs, deputies, the law enforcement in this country, there are people in it that want to do their job.
0: Yes, and they're good people.
1: They're good people. They want to do their job, and they want to go home at night alive to their families.
0: And they don't want to take another life.
1: And they don't want to. And they don't want to take another life. They don't want to do that. They they just they just want to do what they are called to do. You know, but there are a number of people that ruin things for them by being untrained or undertrained or having the wrong mind- mindset of not even deserving to wear the uniform that they wear.
0: However, let me just say this, because of the thin blue line, those good police officers don't feel comfortable calling out the bad police officers mm-hmm. because that's a faux pas and you could get blackballed.
1: It's a fraternity. It is. It's a it's a brotherhood. And
0: and it's and it sh- and it sh- and it shouldn't Like, no, no. Like if now there are some police officers that in the recent past that have, you know, done what they need to do. But I think what it's going to take is it's going to take individuals like you and me and citizens who, when they see something wrong happening, record it, record it, step in, tell the police officer you're recording, you see what they're doing is wrong. And, you know, don't get in and get physical with them because then that just escalates the situation. But record it, be an eyewitness, make it known that you're, that to the person who's being accosted. Or hurt or victimized. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm recording. It's going to be seen. You know what? You're you're gonna. It's going to be okay. Or I can't even say it's going to be okay. But I'm here and let the police officer know. Hey, I'm here and I'm recording and this is wrong. What you're doing because you know there. And that's another thing that's a slippery slope. It it is a slippery slope. I was talking with a coworker about it. He was like, "Well, just mind. I just need to mind my business. I'm just going to stay in my lane. I'm going to mind my business." I get that. I do. You're you're all about that. You're all about minding your business because you say that all the time. But sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't because I'm telling you, if it would not have been for that 14-year-old girl in New York City who didn't mind her business standing outside that store where George, George Floyd was suffocated to death. Mm-hmm. Things would not be the way they are now. She didn't mind her business and she recorded that. And she was terrified the entire time watching this man lose his life. And then other people recorded it and other people came.
1: Yeah, sometimes things become your business. They, okay, they, they have to. And you have
0: to make it your business.
1: Okay, so we have been talking about this the status and the environment of policing in this country of ours for the past half hour. And I think it would be good to, you know, cut it off here for us. But if you're listening to this podcast, and especially if you live in this country, which the majority of our listeners do, we like to hear what you've got to say on this subject. OK, you can give us a voice statement or you can type in the comments, you know, have you had it, an intense experience with the police are or you, are you a peace officer and are dealing with certain situations that we just touched on and weren't fair about? Let us hear about this.
0: And I want to say one last thing to all the good police officers out there, whether you're a sheriff's deputy or a state patrol or a city police officer, whoever you are, thank you for what you do every day. Thank you for going out into this crazy world and dealing with the crazy humans in this country. We appreciate that. We appreciate that you handle it appropriately and that you are um, thoughtful in how you handle it.
1: A group of professionals, highly trained, highly professional in their in their work and their duties, call to do this service and thank God for you. Yes. Because if it weren't for the, the masses of people that decide to do that kind of work, we would have anarchy. It would be Lord of the Flies Coast to coast.
0: The good ones. All right. Here's to the good ones.
1: Okay, so Donna, take us out.
0: So that's it for this episode. Come back next week for more shenanigans.